Praise God, the Lord is good. Amen, amen. Everybody happy? Glad to see you today. We have uh, lots of good things going on. One of them is this. I want to give you one last shout out until December uh, regarding our Sunday morning healing, uh, not healing, whatever they do. The prayer teams. Put that up on the thing so I can read and not. <laughs> My mind is clapped. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Sunday morning prayer teams. If you would like to, uh, to be a part of those, uh, we're going going dark after today, all right? And I still appreciate those who pray. So you could come, you, cho- you choose your Sundays, it's twice a month, and you choose your service like this one, and you come 30 minutes prior and you pray. You've already been prayed for today just by coming. And people have prayed for you that God would work in your life. They prayed for me that I would not be confused when I speak and <laughs> that I would have utterance in the spirit to speak today and uh, and uh, so do that. If you'd like to just text the word pray to that number there. And when you're done, you'll get a, well, it won't automatically sign you up. You know, you'll just get a link. All right. So it's not like, oops, <laughs> I, I, I chose the five-year option <laughs> and now it's too late. Uh, you'll be able to know exactly what you're doing. And if you want to be a part of a prayer team, that would be awesome. Good, good, good. Everybody ready for some word today? If you have your Bible with you or your Bible app on your phone, then find with me the book of Romans, Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10. I started a few weeks back now, a new series called Healing Basics, Healing Basics. It it is in my experience, uh, it has, it has come to light that many, many Christians, true Christians, and then, of course, you may be here and not be a believer yet, uh, but they don't, know, they don't know very much about this subject. And it's so prominent in Scripture, in scripture it would be a shame for us to be ignorant of these areas, okay? And I know this. You can be knowledgeable in other areas if, if what I'm saying to you is new or you're not you know, very well versed in it. It doesn't mean you don't know anything about anything. It doesn't mean you don't love God, have a good relationship, and you may know a lot in some other areas, but you may be unaware of this subject. And one of my challenges as a pastor is uh, the realization that every time I teach a subject matter that I consider really, really important, and I'm praying, so I'll be led by the Spirit as to when I do it, but I realize as soon as I'm done with it, new people come. That's the problem you have in a growing church, all right? New people come. In other words, if they don't make an intentional effort to hear some of these things that are on our website, then they could go for years and never hear this subject. And because it's so prominent, I think we need to go there, all right? And at the same time, if a person knows about healing, and maybe you say, well, I can quote the verses just like you can. Well, good for you. Uh, Is it working for you? Okay, because I would say if it's not working for you physically, personally in your life, then there's something you need to know, okay? You need to give attention to the subject even if you've learned about it before, all right? Our goal is not to walk out of here with a head full of knowledge, but with a life connected to the healer, okay? To have a personal experience. You can be a theologian 
and not be saved. Yeah, that's not my goal. My goal is not to be the, we want to have the smartest church in town. No, I want people to know him. And if you know him, then you're laughing, okay? Uh, healing basics. I, I covered some things before. Again, I won't want, don't want to repeat too much, but once you discover the legal side of healing, this is no longer a debatable issue, okay? When you realize that, that God does things and uses words like covenant and redemption and ransom, you realize there was a legal transaction that took place about 2,000 years ago and it covered your healing, okay? And so this is not about maybe, you know, like it's optional, like it could work and it couldn't work. In the mind of God, these things are settled facts. And if we can think about them like he does, we, we leave the confusion category, yeah, the confusion zone. I know some people, uh, single people have, they have others in their life and they call them, they say they're in the friend zone. And if they really like them, they move them out of the friend zone. All right. <laughs> uh, I don't want to live in the confusion zone where I'm wondering about what God's doing. I can't figure it out. I want to get into the, the no zone. <laughs> I know who he is and what he's done for me. And the fact that this is a legal issue really, really helps. If you will see the rest of scripture, the rest of your life, through the lens of Jesus' finished work, it'll clear everything up, okay? But if we skip that, that part of it, will be confused in many areas. I know there have been individuals who have walked away from God and the reason they did is because something tragic happened in their life. They lost a loved one, they had a child that died, uh, things like that, and they were told that God did that. They were told that this God who reveals himself as father, by the way, which is totally illogical that a father would do that to a child. But they were told that God did this and you may not understand it or you may never understand it, but he's the one. You just have to trust that his work is being done. You see, God gets accused of so many things. His character gets impugned by so many people because they don't know. And honestly, it's, I think a lot of it comes from preachers. Okay, so that's my category. You know, when we can't figure something out, when we don't know the answer to give someone, we just have to kind of throw it over on God. That's so wrong to do, though. All right? There's no way on planet Earth that I have more love and care and compassion for someone than the Father does. Okay? And so, again, he gets accused of things, uh, the ultimate scapegoat, but uh, we're not going there. Now, now, I have series I've done. Uh, the last one I did, if you'll look on our website called Why, just one word, Why, with a question mark, that will take you down this pathway a little bit further if you have questions about things that have happened. Uh, but I want to continue on today with healing basics. Healing is what I would call um, part of a package deal that God provided for us. Or we could say it's part of the salvation package. Do you buy anything in packages? Most of, the, most of the time, you know, if you go to a restaurant, uh, most of the time you're going to buy a meal and it's going to come with the main course and a couple of sides, right? And it's kind of a, 
of a, a meal deal or a, um, uh, we think that way. Uh, I, I know people do that with their television channels, you know, through satellite and cable and, and internet packages. And you buy this package and you get all these channels for this price, right? We're not buying them all a cart. Take this, and which might be better sometimes, but in that, in that subject. But we're getting a package deal. People do that with employment. You know, if you work for this company, these are the benefits that come with your position. You know, maybe paid vacation or insurance or something else like that, and you have a benefits package, okay? God thinks that way, all right? Now, he didn't get it from them, but he does think that way in regards to your life, our salvation. It wasn't a very narrow blessing, but a, an all-encompassing redemption that included the life that is to come and the life that we live in here today right now. One of our challenges is we have limited it and made it very narrow and very small, and so we don't think in, in terms of salvation being a package deal, you know, bundle and save. But, uh, we don't think in terms of God giving us many, many things, but just simply, you know, s- you know forgiveness or something like that. Uh, when a person receives Jesus, technically now they do receive the whole package, They receive all of the aspects of redemption, all of his blessings. It's not like God is withholding some of them. But but it's kind of like, I know on my television, I, you know, can press guide on the remote and certain channels come up, but there's a whole bunch of channels that don't come up because, honestly, I don't ever want to look at them. (laughs) They don't come up. But how many know if you don't really pay attention to that, you could have purchased a lot more channels than you ever are even aware of because they're not showing up on your list, all right? Is it possible that you could have many, many perks from God and you're not aware of them? They're just not on your list, not the list that you're aware of because you went to church or you were taught a certain way and all that was presented was just a couple little things there and you thought, well, this is what it means to be saved. This is what I have from the Lord. But what if there's a whole other group of options there that have been kind of hidden from your list. God gave them. You just don't see them. Yeah. And, and, and the Lord does think in, in, in packages like this. I, I mentioned this verse to you a couple weeks ago when tying forgiveness and sickness, forgiveness and healing together, sin and sickness together. Uh, it's, it's Psalm 103. I'll, it'll bear repetition right here. Psalm 103, verse 2 and 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his, what's that word? Benefits, yeah. Do you know there's benefits to serving God? And the first two he mentioned here in verse three is who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. That's a great package right there. This is one, and there's more there if you read the whole chapter. But this is some of what God included. When you receive the Lord, you get the perks, you get the benefits. There's more there than many people have uh, been taught or have, have realized, okay? This, of course, the Psalms is an old covenant passage. God has always been this way, but when it comes to the New Testament, guess what? He, he actually included it in our salvation. The day you made Jesus the Lord of your life, assuming you have, if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, he gave you the whole package deal. He gave you the main course and the side things, and he gave you a vacation package and a bunch of channels. 
said, move all my illustrations together. <laughs> and uh, this was a part of what the Lord did. Okay, so let me explain this a little bit further to, uh, so you know that it's really there. Um, when we use certain words, sometimes we think in terms of the English language or our Bible translations, and we don't realize that when those words were initially used, there was in their society a broader understanding of them. Okay, one good example of this is Romans chapter 10. Did you find that yet, Romans chapter 10? If you're a Christian, you likely know these verses. You could quote them because you used them to get saved. Okay, Romans 10 verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be, what? Saved. Isn't that awesome? I'm still excited about that verse right now. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I want to draw your attention to two words here. The first one is saved, and the second one is salvation. All right? What, do sa what does saved mean? What does salvation mean? Okay, I'm going to get a little technical here on you again. You can handle a couple of Greek words. All right. The Greek word, which our New Testament was written in Greek, is the word sozo for saved. S-O-Z-O. -O. I'm told it has a D in there in the pronunciation. All right. So I'll go with it. Who am I to question? Sozo. The word sozo not only means save, to be saved, but it means to deliver it means to protect. It has actually been translated in some of our Bibles, like the King James Bible, to heal, preserve, save, do well, or make whole. Okay? So if we think, I am going to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and I will be saved, and I think, forgiven of sins, and I get to go to heaven when I die. That is not what they thought. That is not the full encompassing definition of that word that was used, inspired by God himself, that we should understand. When they heard the word saved, it's like, yeah. It includes heaven and forgiveness and eternal life, but it includes my protection, my healing, my deliverance. It includes getting free from addictions. It includes being free from all kinds of stuff. It definitely includes healing. Even used that way in different passages. Okay, now the other word here in this passage in verse 10 is salvation. The word there is the word soteria, okay? Uh, that word in, a, in similar fashion has meaning beyond what we typically think of salvation, and it includes being rescued or safety physically or morally, it, it has been translated, the experts in the language translate it sometimes deliver, sometimes health, sometimes salvation as it is here, or save and saving, all right? So that word, when used, was not limited to just the afterlife. What was included was our present tense life on earth. So when you receive Jesus as your Savior, you are not just promised a great eternity. And of course, that's the main thing, right? 
but we are also given life-sustaining power and healing for this life here on earth. It is common for people to limit it to the other things. But think about it this way. When a person receives Jesus as their Savior, he sometimes is limited in his expression of salvation. In his mind, it's big. It's all-encompassing. He is limited in what he can bring to our lives because of what we allow him to do. And because we neglect sometimes in our declarations, in our believing of what it means to be saved, he gets set aside in some of his healing work, his delivering work, his protecting work, and we receive only the part of him that we are, that we believe, the, the part that we acknowledge. So if we could expand our minds, hallelujah, then we get to benefit from him in all these ways. Yeah. I was uh, thinking last, uh, last service, Amy and I were in England a while back, last year, and, and when we were in a particular town, I remember taking, a, I have a picture of this, uh, but we were in this town, we were walking down the main street there, and they had this little, what looked like a little alley that was, I don't know, maybe a, foot, a couple feet. I think you could get in it. But in between some buildings, and it was actually the name, it, it was actually a street. It had a name. And it was narrow. Do you remember the name of that street? I'll have to look at my picture. Uh, uh, but it was intriguing to me, and the, uh, the person who was guiding us and telling us about the city said, yeah, they did that on purpose. And I think they may have named it like Parliament street. And it's because they said it's because they're so narrow-minded. <laughs> so they made a street to demonstrate it. <laughs> I thought that's pretty funny. I don't want to do that to the Lord, though. Or I think so small about my great big God. I think Jesus died for this when he died for this. He died for all these things. And that's what the words Sozo and soteria reveal to us. I want to give you one more word that we do that to. Okay, you ready for the, the, the last, the third word, the last word I'm going to give you? It's the word life. We make that one real small too. And in God's mind, it is not a minor thing. Here's what Jesus said. You're familiar with John chapter 3 possibly where he said in verse 15 and then 16, he said the same thing, but he said that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The word life there is the word zoe. Everybody say zoe. zoe. All right. Spelled Z-O-E. All right. It's where we get the word zoo. Okay. Life or zoology. But in this language and, and the way it's written here, I'll, I'll quote to you from uh, an expert, the Vines Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words, they say that zoe is used in the New Testament of life, watch, as a principle, life in the absolute sense, life as God has it. <laughs> say, say, it say it out loud with me. As a principle, in the absolute sense, as God has it. Okay, now think about the Lord. Think about God getting up off the throne. Mm. 
oh, in the morning, oh, oh, right? That's God's life. You know, sniffing and coughing and, and I got to make a trip to the emergency room. Now, we know that's not the life of God, but the life that he has, the quality of life as an absolute thing, that's the same life that he put in you when you got saved. So, life then is much more than breathing and your heart beating. How many know we can have our heart beating and be breathing and have a lot of death in our life? We're still physically existing, we're alive, we're on planet earth, but death can be working in a person. That's why when Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will get eternal. Eternal, eternal refers to the length of it, right? The, the su sustaining nature of life. But you will get eternal zoe. You will get inside of you a quality of life as, as God exists in. I tell you, this is shouting ground, my friend. Uh, this is more, a lot more than just avoiding hell. Thank God for that, of course. But this speaks of something that is very substantive. When you receive Jesus, yes, he became your Lord and Savior, but God put inside of you a substance, and it's the God quality of life. It exists in your spirit right now. Ideally, we acknowledge it and yield to it, and utilize it when we're dealing with problems or physical ailments or symptoms. We, instead of saying, oh, it hurt, oh, it's so bad, we say, I've got the life of God in me. I've got his life, his, I've got the very God quality, the very nature, the substance of Zoe in my spirit, and it is affecting my body. It's affecting my skin and my bones, and it's affecting my blood and my heart, and it's affecting my joints and my nerves. It is affecting my spine. It's affecting my brain. It's affecting every part of me. The life of God is in me. This is a God way to think instead of... I got God's life. I get to go to heaven on Parliament Street. But until I get there, oh, nothing I can do about this. Yes, you've got God himself on the inside. And he, by his very nature, is a healer, a life giver. And when you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to a boatload of stuff. You got a package deal here. Amen. Go, go to 1 John. Let me show you one more passage. This speaks of life. Of course, there's lots of verses on this. 1 John, it's at the end of the Bible if you're not certain of where it's located. 1 John chapter 5. And John writes here in verse 11. He said, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, or zoe. Now, did that scripture say so far, did it say that God is going to give us eternal life? Do we receive Jesus so that when we die, we get eternal life? No. He said God has given us he has given us eternal life. This is the same as those healing verses we read in previous parts of this teaching. It's in the past tense. Let's keep it there. You'll notice a lot of modern day worship songs put everything in the present or future. 
I change some of them while we sing. I, put, I add past tense words. <laughs> Sorry, that was extra. I didn't plan to say that. I'm just saying, I want to keep the mentality that I am on the other side of the cross. And personally, I have already received salvation, the forgiveness of sins, and eternal life. And the scripture says, I have eternal life already. And this life is, is, is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. So if you received Jesus, you would accurately and biblically be able to say, I have the God quality of life in me. That is true. What you see and feel is sometimes lying in your face. But this is the fact. You have this God quality of life in you. It is your personal inoculation against death. You know, sickness and disease is just a manifestation of death in an immature state. If it's allowed to fully develop, you're gone. You're out of here. And so while it hasn't fully gotten you, I would encourage you to make use of the life of God. And every time you say it, every time you think about it, every time you declare it out of your mouth, the Zoe life of God is in me, what's happening? It is becoming your reality. So many times we have separated again these issues. But God said, no, this is bundled. This is one package deal. This is one act of redemption. And when you receive the Lord, you get it all. Now, again, I know that's not always our experience. Uh, and, and some of it, I'm a, I'm a preacher, I'm a teacher of the Word of God, so I'll take the blame for, for not being as clear as I could be. But when we don't tell people the full magnitude of what it means to be saved, I think we're ripping them off. Over and over again, I, I, I've seen this happen up, up front here. I've given you some of those testimonies. But uh, with others, one person told me they went to a, an unreached part of the world where they had, it was an island. They had never heard the gospel, never heard about Jesus. They said we would share the love of God with them when we prayed. We pray with them, lead them in a salvation prayer like we do here. She said, when we did that, their bodies would be healed, blind eyes would open up, and deaf ears would open up, and all kinds of things would be healed, and they'd get baptized in the Spirit at the same moment. They didn't even try. And it just all happened. Yeah. I've told you this before, uh, but... Uh, my sister's husband, Jim Hockaday, who ministers here from time to time, several years ago, he was up here in Idaho uh, and doing, doing stuff. And uh, anyway, there's this guy in Twin Falls who had been given stage four uh, cancer. He was about to, he was, you know, predicted to die in a short period of time. And he talked to him and said, you know, talked to him about healing. He went and ministered in his home and said, uh, before I, you know, basically they're, they're thinking to pray for his healing. But he said the f most important thing would be that you receive Jesus. So he led he and his wife into salvation. Praise God for that. But they said amen. And he said to them, and, and by the way, we don't need to pray for your healing now because you just got it when you received Jesus. See, people don't think that way. You, you know what happened is he did get it. And this is several years later now. The guy's still alive and well with no cancer. So how did he get healed? He received Jesus. How, how else do you get healed? Someone said, well, I received Jesus and I didn't get healed. That's not God's fault. That wasn't his limitation that he, that, that he placed on us. 
It's just, it's just we've limited him in this regard. You know, the, the famous uh, minister, T.L. Osborne, who has ministered to millions and millions of people around the world, when he, he's gone now, but uh, uh, he would say similar things. He would say, if I can preach to a group that has not been touched by modern religious Christianity, I can be the first one to share Jesus. He said, every time they will be saved, they will be forgiven of their sins, and they will get healed in their body at the exact same moment. Every time. Wow. And he was one to see it happen all the time. Why would that be the case? Because it's in there. He's not making something that exists that doesn't exist. God put it in there. This was his design. Jesus is the one who who bore the price for all all of this. It's just we have separated them. And we made, like I said in previous weeks, one of them's easy, one of them's hard. No, it's a package deal. You get all the channels. Yeah, you get the dessert, you get a drink, you get everything. Everybody okay? I believe that one of the devil's primary strategies in modern day church, at least in America, is to get us to be quiet about salvation. Unfortunately, there are churches today, you can't even be saved there. You can go to church there, you can be a member there, you can give your money there, you can serve there, and you're, you don't even get saved. They don't even talk about it. Some of them don't even believe in it. They still call it, they still call it a church. It's like, ah, go away. But unfortunately, there are others that I believe are well-intentioned as far as they do have a knowledge of salvation, and many people are saved, but they don't offer it. I've had people come to me here. They said, I used to go to such and such a church for years. I never knew I had to be born again until, until I came here. I'm like, ah, grr. The church needs to rise up and stop falling for the stuff that people are offended if you talk about repentance or salvation or forgiveness. That's the main crux of what we do. Sure, we want to meet natural needs and help people on a natural level, but that is secondary to salvation. That's the most important thing. And so I, I really believe that, that the enemy wants us to be silent about it. He, doesn't, he won't give you any trouble at all if you come to church and, and give and serve and, and even hear messages on other subjects if we keep you out of heaven. But since we've already crossed that, and many, many places have, we are not the only ones. Thank God for the church around the world that is doing a great job. Uh, but if we... If we don't fall for keeping silent about the gospel, here's what Satan's next strategy is. He wants us to limit that message to eternity. Yeah, you're going to heaven. Yes, in heaven there'll be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more pain. There'll be no, there'll be no, yes, heaven will be a great place. But until then, you just have to learn to live with it. And suffer being subject to bondage and, and, and all kinds of physical ailments. That's just your lot in life. You just have to survive the best you can until you get to heaven. He wants us to narrow the message. And so, uh, sozo and soteria and zoe, all those are just, that's just the afterlife. That's just heaven. You get that when you die. But here, you struggle. I'm not going to do that either. 
I don't want to limit that. Amen. Let it be. I pray, I pray that our understanding is a little more broad. That when we say, I'm saved, we think big. When we say, I've received eternal life, that we're thinking God quality of life here. I've received Zoe, the God quality of life. That's what I have here. We talk about, hey, when did you receive the Lord? When did you get saved? You know, and many of us could point to a day or at least a time or a season. We could say, yeah, this is when I did. What if we said, hey, so, uh, so when did you get healed? And we should tie it to that exact same event. Say, well, I got my healing, I got my deliverance, I got my freedom, I got my victory. What are you talking about? That all happens at once. Amen. It's a package deal. He bundled it all together. I received the Lord. I got it all. Did you get it? Amen. Now, in a minute, I'm going to finish this message. Okay? In a, in a couple minutes. And I have a couple minutes left. I, I don't want to rip you off. Come to church all this way. I don't want to rob you with a with a, you know, a little less than than what you're supposed to get. Okay, and I'm doing this for a reason, but I want to end the service with the last couple minutes, two minutes of this message, and it'll be powerful and change your life. Okay? But now I'm going to move into this other part that I do every week. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for working in our lives today.